How's everybody doing this week? I'm Matty Hundo and this is episode 4 of Keeping It a Hundo. So some people have asked me, what kind of show is this exactly? Okay, fair enough. My guests have included two pro athletes and a homeless guy. Today's episode makes it three pro athletes. Well, I'm still trying to figure out exactly what this show is, but I can promise you this. My guests will come from all different walks of life. My goal is to not only entertain, but at times to inspire and inform. And you know, I'll always keep it 100. Remember, you can find Keeping It A Hundo on the Apple Podcast app, or for Android users, you can find it on Google Play Music or SoundCloud. Subscribe, download, rate, and review, all that good stuff. And to those who have been supporting Keeping It A Hundo, I can't thank you enough. Coming up on today's episode, my friend and WNBA legend, Tisha Penichero. Tisha Penichero left Figueira de Foz, Portugal in 1994 to play basketball at Old Dominion University in Virginia. She never dreamed that 18 years later she would retire from a 14-year WNBA career as the all-time leader in assists and one of the greatest players of all time. Tisha played the game with a certain flair that fans weren't used to seeing women play with. She knows and loves the game as much as anybody I've ever met. It's not just Tisha's abilities on the court, but her humility and respect for the game that have made her a true pioneer. Her career brought her all over the world and she still works in basketball as a player agent. My friendship with Tisha has always been rooted in three things, basketball, travel, and food. In our conversation today, we explore these things and some others. Good to have you here. I'm here with my good friend Tisha Penichero, WNBA star. X-star, right, yeah, X-star. Those, days, those days are gone. <laughs> Retired WNBA star, Tisha Penichero, uh, fresh out of Black Panther. How was the movie, Tisha? It was great, actually. I'm definitely not a superhero type of person, um, but my friend was like, let's go. And, you know, I know everybody was going to um, gonna go watch it, and I didn't want to be left out. So um, it, was, um, it was pretty good. Uh, great casting, and um, the movie was two hours and 15 minutes, but it went by pretty fast. So I, it was pretty, pretty exciting. I'm glad I went. So I've been getting a lot of heat from my girl because I don't want to go see it because I'm not an action hero, super, whatever they call it, superhero supporter. I, don't, I just don't go to those movies. Not my thing. And uh, I guess I'm not supporting the cause. I, I guess I got to get in there and support it. Yeah, you should. And I think you're not, you're not going to be disappointed. Like, again, I went with an open mind. I wasn't really, I, I, I didn't even see the trailer, so I really didn't know what to expect. I knew it was about, you know, a superhero, Black Panther, or whatever, but I went in with an open mind and I really enjoyed it. It was great. Uh, great. There's uh, a little bit of humor in it, uh, great storyline. So it's, uh, it's. All right, I'll get in there. I'll check it out. So let's get into some basketball. Because mm-hmm. that's mostly what we're going to be talking about. Of course. All right. Where did the Penichero family get their love for basketball? Because Tisha comes from Portugal, mm-hmm. not exactly a basketball hotbed, not a lot of people to watch growing up play. Right. So where did that love come from? Uh, my dad and my brother. I have an older brother that also played basketball, so we definitely just ran in a family. Uh, my dad played for a long time, and then he was a coach. And I have a five-year-old a brother that is five years older than me, and he also played, so... By the time I turned four or five, um, my brother already played, so it was pretty easy for me to just kind of get sucked into the game. Uh, I always followed him around with his friends. I know I was probably cramping his style because every time girls would try to talk to him, I would be right there, and I'd be like, uh-uh. <laughs> and I was very lucky. I had a playground, like, literally across the street from my house, which also in Portugal, they're not very popular. You don't have one on every corner like you do in the States. But you have basketball hoops up and everyone plays soccer on the court. Exactly. I know that's what they do. Yeah, so, I mean, Portugal is a, a soccer country. I mean, everybody knows Ronaldo now. Thank God people know where Portugal is now because of him. Uh, but I definitely just grew up playing basketball with my brother. And a lot of times I was the only girl in the, in the middle of a bunch of, of boys. Um, and I wasn't accepted at first because I was little and skinny and they didn't want to hurt me. But slowly they were like, oh, she's not bad. She can play. Play with us. So the, your brother and his friends would let you hop in some of their pickup games. 
Yeah, I and mean, by the time I got to like eight, nine years old, yeah. uh, that definitely helped. Uh, when I was younger, five, six. That uh, definitely yeah. helps a girl yeah. get better at basketball. Absolutely. And I think that's why I passed so much because, you know, the guys are stronger. They come to block your shot. And I was like, uh-uh, not today. And I always find the open person, um, to, you know, to, to, to deliver the ball to. So speaking of the way you play, uh, growing up in Portugal, did you get to see a lot of basketball on TV? From watching the way you play, I would almost assume that you watched a lot of Celtics Lakers games mm-hmm. in the 80s. I know those were big in Europe. Like they sometimes those are the only teams that people saw in Europe and you saw the style that Larry Bird and Magic Johnson played with and that's where you got that flair. Yeah. Well, it's crazy to think about it, but you know, I'm a 70s baby. I don't want to really tell my age even though I don't care, but uh when I grew up, older was, than 20, yeah. younger than 50. Yep. In that range. <laughs> but I grew up with two channels. Right, so that's all we had. It was two channels, and every Sunday afternoon around three o'clock, they would show a one NBA game. So we had one NBA game a week. They picked like the, the the game of the week, and they would show it. And at that time, I would like be on my couch with my brother and my dad watching the NBA game. And I definitely grew up watching Magic. He was my favorite player. Uh, I was I always played point guard. I, I loved to have the ball in my hands, and then obviously I would try to go to the playground and emulate what I saw him doing. Uh, and then I grew up to be 5'11", and I continued to play point guard, which for women's basketball, it's, it's pretty a nice height for a point guard. So. Absolutely. I won't hold it against you that you're a Lakers fan. <laughs> I was a Magic fan. Honestly, I was a Bulls fan because okay. Michael Jordan was my favorite player. So, okay. But we didn't really play like. It was more of a scorer. And then Magic, of course, was a point guard that was more of a passer, even though he could score. So, But my favorite team growing up was the Bulls, for sure. Okay. So you, I know you were a Celtics guy. <laughs> because my daddy's always like, if my brother and I like one team, my dad likes the other one. Yeah. Just to, you know, yeah. to make it, to spice it up. So my dad was de- definitely a Larry Bird fan and a, a Celtics fan. Okay, all right. Yeah. You get some so, points for yeah. that. <laughs> so just to sh- give an example of the lack of basketball quality coming out of Portugal, who are some of the best players? Not to, not to shit on any of them, but you don't have a whole lot of big names coming out of Portugal. No, I mean, the names that I grew up you know, watching uh, on the man, in the men's league, nobody really knows who they are. And you know? and the biggest players that would make any sense to people who watch basketball in the U.S. would be people who maybe went D1 in the U.S. and played some college hoops? Yeah, maybe. But you have to, like, Google and do some research because I don't think even people would just come up with some names. You know, I know because some of them were my friends and, you know, I know they came here, you know, like I did. Like my boy Paulo who played at UM. We got got one of them. Yeah, so we actually are from the same city. It was almost like my neighbor. The playground that I'm talking about, it was... I could, he's, he could see it from his window to the playground, and I was across the street, so we were almost neighbors. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of Portuguese basketball players, men or women, that have been successful. We, we never had a player in the NBA, so hopefully one day um, we will have a, a guy in the NBA that can represent Portugal. But uh, it's definitely a country that is not known for any major basketball player. So, so I'll say it for safe to say Tisha is the most famous basketball player to ever come out of Portugal. Uh, yeah, you said it, but I mean, it is true. It's a small country, <laughs> so um, I mean, my success I think speaks for itself. My resume, so I was successful. And honestly, when I left the, you know, when I left Portugal to come to Old Dominion, I didn't think that I was going to have the career that 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 I had. So I'm definitely blessed, and uh, I'm glad that I took that chance. And it was a little bit of a step in the dark, but I, I'm glad that I took that chance. So let's move on to Old Dominion. You pretty much dominated, I'm sure, basketball in Portugal because it wasn't a high level of competition. And you went to a camp over in the U.S., Mm -hmm. and that's how you got found by Old Dominion? Well, yes. Uh, Well, there was a... This lady, her name is Allison Green, and she played professional in Portugal, but because the she went to Dartmouth, she was, like, super intelligent. I mean, obviously, she went to Dartmouth, but then she played. To, she came to Portugal to play uh, Division I, uh, and she was the American on the team, and she saw me play when I was 15. And after the game, she said, you should go to the States. You're pretty good. And I said, I want to, you know. So I gave her my number, which was my dad's my my parents home number like our home phone number you know that's all we had back then yeah exactly you know it's not like i had a cell phone so she became the assistant coach at old dominion three day three years later so she told the head coach yo i saw this girl in portugal she's pretty good you need to check her out 
Uh, but meanwhile, there was other schools that I don't know how got a hold of some of my information, and I came to Pace University in New York and to do a camp um, that this guy in Portugal organized. So I was always obsessed with the, with the States, and I knew that I wanted to come here if I had the chance. Um, and we, we were playing, and after the camp, she wrote a note and gave it to our coach to give to me. And, you know, I came from Portugal. I don't understand the NCA rules, but I was kind of upset. I'm like, I don't want to go to Florida. He was the Florida coach. I said, she can't even talk to me. She gives me a note, you know, like... I don't want to go to Florida, you know, she's, she's rude. Yeah, be more personable. Yeah, exactly, but she couldn't, so because she was, it was following the rules. Exactly, so, but the, Allison Green, that was the, the lady that played in Portugal and then became the assistant coach at Old Dominion, just because I had the connection with her, she actually learned how to speak Portuguese, uh, it just made sense for me to go to Old Dominion, so I actually took a trip and uh, took my visit, and I signed on my visit, so, yeah, yeah so it was pretty cool. So what was more difficult for you to adjust to? the American game or the American culture? Because you had spent your whole life in Portugal. I think the classes, because everything was in English. And even though I spoke English, it wasn't perfect, so. You always spoke English, you learned it yeah, in school as a kid. my brother, I, yeah, we took, of course, we took English in, uh, in high school, but my brother also played professional at the time, and he also had like one or two Americans on his team, and they always came over to my house. My mom used to cook for them, so. I had a very close encounter at a young age with the American culture, whether it was the music, movies, basketball on TV, and then also communicating with the Americans on my brother's team. So that definitely helped with my adjustment. Uh, but I think taking classes in English, I remember being super focused and like trying to write everything that the professor was saying. But I mean, I, honestly, I realized that it was pretty easy to study here. The multiple choice tests and all <laughs> that. I was like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> it lasted one semester that I was really focused in school and then I was like, oh, this is piece of cake. Uh, were, you, were you surprised that you were able to dominate the college game in the States the way you did pretty fast? You dominated the way Magic Johnson dominated, not by scoring, mm -hmm. but by just controlling the game, the pace, and making people around you better. Yeah, honestly, I didn't know what to expect. I thought basketball-wise, I didn't know if I was gonna start as a freshman. I know that that's not very common here. Freshmen usually have to you know, pay their dues and like ride the bench, and, and then by sophomore, junior, that's when they really start, and I really didn't know. But I was confident enough that I could possibly at least get 15, 20 minutes a game. Uh, but we played in a very weak conference, as I could say, the CAA at the time. Um, and all our games were pretty much blowouts. We would like blow everybody by 30, 40. So it was, I thought that was easy. But we had always a, a tough schedule out of conference. So we played the Tennessees, the Yukons, the Stanfords. And that, that's when I was like, oh, okay, so the level of uh, NCAA is pretty, pretty tough. We just don't play in a tough conference. So when we played those games, I, I, I mean, it was harder for me, but um, but from freshman on way to senior, like I got a lot of minutes right away. Two-time All-American, two-time Conference Player of the Year, and ODU was already pretty much a top-tier basketball school for women because of Nancy Lieberman. Mm -hmm. So it was also a very progressive university. Yeah, uh, they offered the first female athletic scholarship in the state of Virginia to Nancy Lieberman. What was your relationship with, like with, with Nancy? She was a hoop pioneer, pretty much, yeah, for women. Yeah, it was funny because, I mean, I didn't know who she was because I was in Portugal. I mean, back then, we didn't have internet. It's not like I can Google, you know, who played for Old Dominion, who these people are. So I remember being Midnight Madness, and I'm a freshman, and we are meeting, like, all of the fans and everybody that has been fans, have been fans of the university and the Lady Monarch basketball for the last 20 years. So this guy comes up to me, and he's this... I don't know, maybe six-year-old man that has been following the Lady Monarch basketball, and he said, hey, I heard you play like Nancy. And I said, who is Nancy? And he was like, Nancy Lieberman? And I'm like, oh, I've heard of her, but honestly, I don't know because i never seen her play. I know she's a point guard. And he was like, would you be able to hit somebody with an elbow and, you know, just keep it moving? And I'm like, eh, probably not. And he was like, no, you don't play like Nancy. <laughs> but, I mean, Nancy actually is a great supporter of Old Dominion. She came, actually, our, the first time I met her, I was here in Miami because we came for a a tournament uh, around uh, Christmas time, and I met her son TJ. That at the time was a baby. I still have a picture with her and TJ. Uh, 
And uh, she's been somebody that has supported me from day one. I, I call her big sister. She calls me little sister. And she's somebody that after I watched the highlights, I was like, oh, yeah, I definitely play like Nancy. You know, somebody that was very flashy. I had a passion uh, for the game, played point guard, got her teammates involved, scored, and, um, you know, super competitive. And uh, when I got a chance to watch her play, I definitely became a fan right away. There was a couple other ODU alum that are noteworthy. Have you ever met Ken Bazemore? Yeah, Kent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kent is like he he's a, probably the most recent good right. player to come out of there. I mean, he's um, he's now is a great NBA player, and he wasn't even drafted. You know, the the Golden State Warriors gave him a chance, and he grabbed it with two hands. Somebody that works extremely hard, he always up to a challenge. He always wants to guard the best player on the other team, and he, he really nothing was given to him. He earned everything and every dollar that he he has gotten in the NBA, and now he's not like we good friends, but we are very cordial. And I've met him because I was playing in Sacramento when he was with the Warriors. So uh, I actually went down there and we met, and uh, you know we definitely have that old Dominion pride. So that that bond, you know, that bond for life. Yeah, he's definitely getting paid. Yeah, yeah, he is. And <laughs> what he about? ESPN Sports Center host Jay Harris. Yeah, great guy. Jay is one of my favorite people. Uh, just very humble. I mean, I see him on TV every day, every time, every morning. I drink my coffee and watch. Did Sports you know him Center. at school? Or? Yeah, I met him there. I mean, I've I've seen him and I knew that he went to Old Dominion, but I had a chance about maybe five, six years ago that I went back to um, to go to homecoming. Is it a homecoming that you call it? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so he was there. So I got a chance to meet him, and uh, we became, you know, good friends. We text here and there, and uh, he's somebody that I respect a ton, and I think he's a great professional. I love to to see him on Sports Center. All he has his fancy socks, and um, he's super funny because you know that people at the ESPN they have to write their own scripts, like when they uh, when they go on air uh, with Sports Center. So I think he's super funny, great professional, and I really enjoy watching him on TV. What about this one? I think slight chance you've met him, Justin Verlander. I haven't. I haven't. I know who he is, of yeah. course, but I've never met him. He's yeah. he's one of the best yeah, yeah, pitchers in, in yeah, the game. Yeah, yeah. Let's move on to the WNBA. So you get taken what second in the draft? Yeah, ninety eight. Nineteen ninety eight. You go second in the draft to Sacramento. Mm-hmm. You spend twelve years there. Yep. Talk about that a little bit. Clearly, you you establish yourself as one of the top 15, top 20 WNBA players of all time. That's official on the uh, what what is that called? The when they came out and announced that top 20 at 20. That was top 20 uh, 20 years into the yeah, existence so, of the WNBA. Uh, two years ago, well, the the league this year is going to their 22nd year. So two years ago, during the WNBA finals, they um, they voted uh, for the top 20 you know, in the 20th year anniversary of the league. So I made the cut. So that was pretty awesome. And uh, I mean, not in my wildest dreams the day I left Portugal to um, to come to the to, to the States to go to Old Dominion with a scholarship. I thought that I was going to stick around this long and be this successful and be able to really have a great career in America. I mean, you know, coming from Portugal, uh, I'm, I'm now an American citizen. I never went back. Uh, I go back often to visit my family and to eat some bacalhau. <laughs> but I never in a million years would thought that uh, I was, was going to be this successful. So I've had her mom's bacalhau. It's very yeah, good. It's pretty good, huh? Very good. <laughs> it's not the same as my grandma's, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's good. So, yeah, the draft. So this is 1998. Who um, went first that year? Well, it's a crazy story because Utah had the first pick. And the, the coach from Utah came to Old Dominion. They were like, we're going to take you as the number one pick. And I'm looking at them like, I don't want to go to Utah. <laughs> I was straight up. I was just like, but hey, I, I can even get excited because, you know. You're excited to go to Sacramento? Well, I was like, it's California. You yeah. know, it can be, you know. So you probably had to, never been there. Either, yeah, right? I had never, I've never been there. Before the draft, they had a combine in Chicago. And there's this girl comes from Poland. And she's legit 7'2". Actually, I used to play against her when I played. What? Yeah, when I played with the Portuguese national team and we played against Poland. So I knew who she was and I knew that people probably thought it was a typo when she was 6'2". And I'm like, no, listen, she's 7'2", legit, and she can play. Really? She was very skilled. I'm assuming she was terrible. She no, could play? No, 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 she could play. How come I haven't heard of her? Her name is Margot Didek. I think I've heard of her. Yeah, so... She played a little bit in the WNBA, right? Yeah, she, she was the number one pick. She stole okay. it from me, so thankfully, okay. she went to Utah, and I ended up going to Sacramento, which is crazy when you think about it, because 
It's like, what if she never came, you know, I would have gone to Utah, where would I be right now? Who knows you know? where your career would Exactly, gone. you know, it's like, you know, stuff like that is just, one of my favorite movies is Sliding Doors. I don't know if you've seen it. I haven't, I know it, I haven't yeah, seen so it. Yeah, so it's just like how your life can change. One because, door opens. Yeah, with like one, closes, one second or, whatever, yeah. or one choice or whatever. So yeah, so Margot, uh, God bless her soul, she actually passed away like about five years ago uh, of a heart attack um so yeah but anyways uh, i ended up playing with margo overseas because i played two years in poland so we were on the same team but because of margo i ended up going number two to sacramento and played 12 years there until the team folded nastrovie nastrovie <laughs> so you were all-time assist leader until last year yep. sue bird broke your record yeah i'm sure you were very happy for her yeah, I was very happy for her. You know, records are meant to be broken, and I'm a huge fan of Sue, not just the player that she's on the court, but the person that she's off the court. And if somebody's going to break your record, especially a record that I, I had, like, all time of something, it has to be somebody that is pretty special. And so I'm glad that, you know, the record is definitely in good hands because Sue is uh, all that in a bag of chips, and I'm a super fan, and um, I think, you know, she's still playing. You know, my dad was like, if she retires... Sign a 10-day contract. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. You still hold the record, I believe, for most steals in a game? Yeah. 10, 10. steals in a game? Yeah. Come on. They call me Klepto now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was pretty Put the cool. cuffs on you. I love defense. Um, a lot of people know me for my passes, and I, I honestly don't think that I got enough credit. Like, my teammates and my coaches, they knew that I, can't, I could, like, not lock somebody up because that's it's hard to do in the WNBA. If somebody's a scorer, they're going to score. Yeah, you just have exactly. to make it difficult for them. But I always took pride in my defense and I always enjoy guarding the best player on the other team. I really didn't like guarding point guards, but thankfully I was 5'11". Usually our two guards were 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, so mm -hmm. they take the point guards and I usually take the two or the three player. Yep. And I know that I play good defense for sure. And, you know, sometimes you have a lot of skills. That doesn't mean you play good defense. Absolutely. But I was able to, um, you know, to deny the ball and create hard time for the person to score, but I also got a lot of steals, so. So who would you consider your biggest rival as as an individual, not a team, but but what player was your rival in the league? I think in the beginning, maybe um, Teresa Weatherspoon. I think we had similar styles of play, similar style of play. She played for New York and she was super intense. And I remember a uh, great defender as well. And I remember the, the first time I played her, I was like, oh my God, am I gonna be able to like, take on, you know, because she was older, she had, she was more of a veteran, she had been playing overseas, she played in Russia. Uh, so I think in the beginning it was her, and then it was a little bit of, you know, maybe Sue and Lindsey Whalen. Um, both of them still play now, right now. Lindsey plays for Minnesota, and Sue plays for Seattle, and uh, those are two people that I really enjoyed going against great professionals and uh, great uh, competitors, so, and um, they still, they still balling, so they're a little younger than me. <laughs> So who is the best player you ever played with? With? In the WNBA? Yeah, let's go WNBA. I mean, in WNBA, I played with Yolanda Griffin and, um, in Sacramento. Uh, great player. Rebecca Brunson, she's the only player right now that has five rings in the WNBA. Nobody yeah. has five rings. Uh, in LA, I was able to play with Delicia Milton-Jones. Tina Thompson and I played with Candace Parker but the, the year that Candace and I played together she had a little bit of a trouble with her shoulders so she missed a lot of games because of injury uh, but overseas I played like with Lisa Leslie uh, we both played together in Russia um, really hard to say Lauren Jackson Diana Taurasi I played with like all these players uh, in Russia so it's crazy and then in the all-star game I mean it was like everybody so I was very very blessed and very lucky because to be a point guard and to have all those assists you can do it by yourself so you definitely have to have great teammates great coaching staff and I played my best when my coaches let me play and they didn't put me in a box I, I really enjoy having fun and play a little bit of playground type of basketball and when I had the green light to do what I did and they gave me the the confidence and they trusted me that's when I played my best but I definitely played with amazing teammates Ruthie Bolton um I mean I don't know you play it's with some many. of the best players yeah, yeah. You know, Olympians all-stars I never get a straight answer out of any of you everyone's always afraid to hurt someone's feelings no it's just too many to <laughs> too name many, too, too many, many to right. name so we've been on the road before I was at uh, a WNBA all-star weekend with you Mm -hmm. And you had, you guys pretty much, it seems like you have groupies. You have WNBA groupies? There's some out there. Yeah. yeah. But it's different than like, the men have groupies, mm -hmm. and their groupies want to 
want to mm-hmm. get in the draws mm-hmm. with yours it's more like they just want to like what be around you or yeah they they and they know probably everything about you i mean is it guys days, and girls it doesn't matter yeah it's both. probably both yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, and now with social media, people feel like they really know you because they see what you post and you got a dog and where you've been and what you ate. So they feel like they're part of your life. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, we, we can't afford to be rude to the fans. You know, I think uh, the WNBA needs their fans. And I think we always try to welcome the fans. But there's a line that sometimes you don't want people to cross. So you try to be nice, but sometimes you just got to keep a little bit of privacy. But yeah, there's some groupies out there. I mean, it's all love for them. You know, as long as they don't cross that line, I think we all got love for them. Definitely saw some creeps. Retired WNBA player Candace Wiggins said there was bullying throughout the league and she was targeted for being straight. I saw you had some comments on ESPN.com about Mm -hmm. it. She claimed 98% of the league is gay. I don't know what kind of grade she had in math. I mean, she went to Stanford, and ninety-eight percent—it's right? like two people, like you know. So I don't know where she got the number. I think she was trying to publish a book, and she needed some publicity. They always say any publicity is good, right. you know, better, you know. So um, I think she—that's what she was just trying to stir the pot and create some buzz and put her name out there, so people will be like, oh. Maybe, she, you know, I'm going to buy her book because And she we're got, talking about her now. Yeah, exactly. Because I, I, I knew who her dad was. Mm-hmm. I remember having his mm-hmm. baseball card when I was a kid. Yeah. But I wouldn't be talking about I would never repeat her name if she didn't say that. Right. You know, and I mean, at the end of the day, listen, she didn't have maybe the career that she wanted because she's not even in the league anymore. And I respected her when because I respected everybody. But that was just completely out of line. First of all, it's a false statement. And second of all, is like you don't even if it was true. Like, who are you to you know to call people out like that? So, do the players even care who's gay and straight? No, I mean they don't. They don't care. You know, it's it's like you're happy. It's cool. Can you ball? Like, can you help us win games? That's you know that's really all you care about. So, what do you think the biggest issue with the WNBA with the WNBA team off the court? I know in a lot of men's sports. Two of the biggest issues that that men argue about is gambling debts mm-hmm. and women. Mm-hmm. They might be messing with the same chicks, playing a lot of cards on team flights. Mm-hmm. You owe me this, you owe me that. You know, you got the Javaris Crittenden Gilbert Arenas episode, right, pulling right. a gun in the locker room. What would you say are the biggest issues in a woman's uh, team chemistry or whatnot? I think women sometimes a little petty and sensitive. So sometimes, like, if you, the only thing that I I can tell that it could be a problem, like, sometimes in practice, if you really go hard at your teammate and you hit her or something, like, all of a sudden, it's like, you don't guys stop talking. I mean, guys, that happens if they go to, they shake hands, they go to lunch or whatever, and women just hold grudges a little bit. But, I mean, all that stuff that you see in, in the men's, I mean, first of all, they cannot play cards in their flights because we don't fly so you'll be on Southwest. You gotta, you gotta. First of all, you try to fight to forget it to get an exit row. So that's the first thing. But there's no, you know, people playing cards and no planes. And I think because we also don't make that kind of money, people will tie with their money. So now there's no gambling going on. What's it like on a on a team flight when you're sharing a row with maybe a, a married couple who's headed to uh, they're headed to LA for for a weekend away, and you're headed there for a game. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, sometimes on back-to-backs, we would ha- we are like mandatory by the league to take the first flight out. So let's say the first flight out is 6 a.m. So you have to be at the airport at 5, you know, 4.45, 5. You play the night before. You didn't go to sleep probably until 1 a.m. So you are like rolling on three hours of sleep. You're tired. You're hungry. You just want to. And then you have somebody that just wants to chit-chat the whole flight. And you don't want to be rude and put your headphones and be like, look here. So you have to find a nice way to say, look, I'm tired. I played last night and I actually have a game tonight. And I'm trying to catch some Z. So cut me, you know, cut me some slack. But, you know, that's the thing about commercial flights that you have to stand in line and fight for exit row. Sometimes you got people that are 6'6 and they are, you know, stuck with in the middle, you know, middle seat, back in all the way in the back of the plane. And, and there's a person that is 5'2 in an exit row and they, they're not going to get up to and give their seat up. So that's the thing that the WNBA has to, to deal with. I always tell the college players that come out, you know, I'm like, Going to the WNBA is a step down because most of them fly yeah. 
these D1 programs. Yeah, D1 programs that have so much luxury and they come from private planes and all this stuff and all of a sudden they have to to go to WNBA and it's actually a step down from what they are used to it. So do you feel like NBA players give you guys the respect that you deserve? When you had interactions with NBA players, do you feel like they respected you guys and respect your game? 100%. I feel like... I mean, I cannot say it's the percentage is 100% that all NBA players respect the WNBA and respect women players, but the ones that I know and the, one, the ones that I've had conversations uh, with are 100% uh, WNBA fans. And I remember when I played in Sacramento, and this is when the Kings were really good. You know, you had Chris Webber, Vladi Divac, Peja, Jason Williams. They all would come to the games. They'll be front row, courtside, cheering us on. And That was a fun team. Yeah, and it's not like they got paid to come. You know, they, yeah. they really wanted supporters. And, uh, you know, and, and I feel like that. I mean, I, see, I go to the Mystics games all the time because I live in Washington in the summertime. John Wall comes to their games. Bill, I mean, they, it's, it's a support. They know that women can play. You know, the, the people out there on Instagram commenting and being women haters, they're the ones that they don't believe that. But they probably never even watch a game, and they probably can't even play themselves. So, Do you feel like there's a woman you've seen play that could play in the NBA, or do you think that would ever happen someday? Mentality, like, I think, in, like, their mentality, like, Diana Taurasi would be up there. I feel like her mentality was very much Kobe-ish, you know, as far as, uh, I think. And skill set. And skill set as well, but yeah. it's just like physically, it will be very hard. Yeah. Uh, probably Brittany Griner, but I mean, she's six eight. But then what? You would have to play the two or the three. You know, you can't play a five. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it's just hard because I think physically it will be very hard for any woman to compete at the highest level on the men's. But I mean, you can go play pickup with some guys and be okay. You know, but to be at the highest level, like the the best women player to play in the NBA, it will be would be a bust. I think. I feel like you'd have to be probably like a point guard or something and, and be fast and be skilled because yeah, you don't have to be super strong. But then you're going to go against Westbrook. Right. And well, they're going to play your full Nobody court. can you athletically know, so, stand yeah. up to Westbrook. So it's though. just, you know, I think just physically it's very, very, very hard. Yeah. Um, have you ever dated any NBA players? I wouldn't say dated. I mean, I went out on, you know, a few dinners or whatever, but you know, dated like as far as relationship, no, I don't believe in that. They're all players. <laughs> I knew uh, better than that. So. so along the way, you've met a lot of people, NBA players, uh, probably, I mean, you played in LA, probably actors and actresses and celebrities and stuff. Anybody you met who you were just completely starstruck by? I don't really get starstruck right there, but Michael Jordan was like the number one guy that when I met him, and to me it was like when they knew who I was. Yeah, that, that would be a messed little... messed me up. I was like, oh my God, he knows who I am. Yeah. And same with Magic and LeBron. Yeah. So like those are the three guys that LeBron, of course, still plays, and I look up to him. I'm like a big fan of LeBron. But then Magic and Michael... Um, LeBron looks up to you. You don't look up to him. Ah, he's, yeah, a, right. he's a youngin. I know. He got all these passing skills uh, from watching me play. That's, who have you played pickup ball with that maybe surprised you that they had game? They don't do it anymore. During the NBA All-Star um, weekend, we had the three-on-three. Now they just do like the celebrity yeah, game yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But like Justin Timberlake actually plays pretty well. Like he's, he pl- practices, like he plays hard. He, he tries to D you up. So he's somebody that um, we actually played in... Um, what is it, 2002, I think, in Philly, NBA All-Star? When you do, like, one WNBA, one NBA, and yeah. one celebrity and one, or something? one former NBA. That, yeah. So, and actually, uh, I was playing for the Sacramento Kings. Yeah. And we won, like, the three-on-three. Don't ask me how we did it, because, like... Who'd you have, Lade? No, no, we had Hito. Oh, that's right. Hito and uh, Marcelloni's lefty yeah, yeah. from Sarunas. Lithuania. And um, who was our celebrity? I don't even remember. Like, that's how bad he was. <laughs> but seriously, like, L.A. had Magic, Lisa Leslie, Derek Fisher, and Brian McKnight. And Brian can play. Oh, he also can play. play. I've seen him play. You yeah. know? And uh, uh, Philly had Dawn Staley, uh, Moses Malone, uh, Justin Timberlake, and who was the NBA player? I don't even know how we won, but we won. I know there was a little survey online on the NBA page who's going to win the three-on-three, and I think we had one vote. I think my dad voted for us. <laughs> so, but yeah, we won. So, But Justin definitely can play. He plays hard. You played in Russia, Latvia, Italy, Poland, France, Czech Republic, and I think Turkey. Mm-hmm. You played in all those places? Yeah. Some longer than others. Yeah. Some of them were probably pretty quick. Yeah. 
Um, did Czech I miss Republic, any? Czech Republic was quick, uh, and Turkey because I played half of the season in Czech Republic. I went to replace Lindsay Whalen because she was hurt and she could only come after Christmas, and then after that I went to Turkey. So it was like a half and half type of situation. But yeah, I played three years in Italy for three different teams. I played three years in Russia, um, two years in Poland, half a season in Latvia. So yeah, I've been all over the world playing. What was your favorite place to play? As a country, Italy, Italy. no doubt. The food, the, the fashion, the language, the people, I love it. Uh, I lived in Milan for a year, and I was just like in heaven. Um, but as far as being competitive and, and and the league and all of that, it was Russia. Okay. Uh, we had this guy that was like a millionaire, and he really took care of us. That's how I felt. I was like, oh, this is how the NBA players feel, like five-star hotels. Everybody got their own room. We flew private. We made good money. So it was um, definitely Russia. Which country could you not get out of fast enough? Russia as well. It's yeah. crazy because... You didn't enjoy living there. It's just hard because it was minus 40, like the whole month of January. So even though we had a, I had a driver, so I really didn't feel the cold that much because he would drop me off in front of the gym. But there's nothing the, to do. You yeah, can't go outside. Yeah, and, exactly. So it just made it hard. And then the, the season is so long. It's like eight months. By the time February, March hits, you're just like, oh, my God. And I feel like the days will go so slow. Um, you know, but as women, we have to hustle and play all year round to make ends meet. So Yeah, so what's the the salary discrepancy between the team you so russia obviously they took care of you guys pretty mm -hmm. well i know they pay well a lot of big name players still go over to russia yeah. did they pay double what the NBA, WNBA was playing with you or more oh more more yeah i mean the max salary right now in the WNBA is 115 okay we're talking about so how many four people get months, that you know one player in every yeah team one player yeah the other ones contract. and you get by 110 i mean you get a lot of players get six figures, but there's a salary cap. So, um, you know, the rookies are like 50000 for four years, you know. So, and then that's before taxes. Then you get hit with Uncle Sam. So, you really make peanuts. So, so every American who goes over to Europe is getting... Yeah. So, probably three times more. Okay. You know, if you are a good player, you know, like if you're below average, then you make about the same. But, um, you know, yeah. So in all the different places you live, different countries, were there any customs that you found strange or maybe tough to adjust to? Some of the food, you know. Um, I mean, I'm European, so to me, the fish coming into my plate with the head on yeah, it and the eyes, fine. there was no problem yeah. to me. But some of my teammates was like, oh, my God, he's looking at me. Take yeah. this thing out of here. <laughs> you know, so I'm like, yo, it's okay. Um, but, yeah, so mostly, most, mostly it was just the the culture as far as the language or the food that was the big thing but it was easy to adjust for me so you're pretty active on social media i try to be instagram facebook yeah. i do you have anything else twitter. snapchat twitter. Oh, twitter okay yeah no snapchat what's the strangest dm you ever received oh my god this guy keeps asking me how tall i am and you know like Sometimes I forget about the DMs. I don't really go in there. And, and then the people that you don't follow, you have to like click on the other yeah. thing. So the other day, this like, and I try to answer everybody, you know. Because a lot of times it's just fans yeah, wanting to ask you something exactly. silly. Or... So I'm like, why did I answer this guy? Now he keeps asking me how tall I am. And the other day I posted a picture and he was like, you're only taller. So I don't know if he's obsessed with height. Some people are obsessed with feet. I've posted pictures where I'm on the beach with like no shoes and people are like, nice toes. And he's always the same people commenting on uh. it. So <laughs> it's just like, I'm like, okay, you try to be nice, but then you got those little... I don't want to say weirdos, but something like that, yeah. They be coming in and sliding into your DMs and all that stuff, and I'm just like, I don't have time for that. So, Should Ray Allen not tweet anybody or DM anybody anymore? Should he get off social media? Oh, why? I don't know <laughs> nothing about that. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll plead the fit. <laughs> have any random athletes or celebrities tried to get at you? Yeah, but I kind of already knew them, you know, yeah, so yeah, yeah. it wasn't like somebody. And, you know, when I played, social media wasn't super, you know, like I didn't, by the time I finished playing, Instagram was just starting. Uh, so I was more ac active on Twitter and Facebook, but. Did you have MySpace? No. Never had it? I mean, I think I started the thing, but I'm like, what is you this? You never really this use is it. stupid. Yeah, I never really use it, so. Yeah, and Snapchat. I'm like, okay, this is way too much stuff going on these days. I can't, yeah, I can't do it. It's all. like, first of all, it will kill my battery, and it will kill just my time. Time is money, and I don't have time to be on the phone all the time. Give him your uh, Instagram handle. 
my so name. So you. Tisha Penichero, and good luck spelling my name. T i c h a p e n i c h e i r o. And your Twitter. <laughs> Same. Same thing. Yeah. All right. Follow her. She has she has a good page. Travels a lot. Good pictures. Yeah. I try to be quality over quantity for sure. So you're currently uh, a player agent. Yeah. And you work for. I work for SIG Sports International Group. I knew that once I was done playing, I wanted to stay close to the game. I love basketball. I love to watch it. Uh, I knew that I didn't really want to coach just because I wanted to have a little bit of freedom with my uh, with my agenda and my time. Uh, I pretty much gave half of my life to basketball, and I love it, and I have no regrets. But I didn't want to go back to being inside of a gym watching tape so I wanted a little bit of a break from that and being an agent just really gives me the flexibility of being able to travel see my family and really work from anywhere uh, I really just work from my phone you may love the game as much as anybody I know yeah that's the I truth do. and I know our friendship is based a lot mm -hmm. on that and just being able to talk about the game yeah. and watch the game and I appreciate that about you Thank you. And you really know the game. Yeah. Do you enjoy the pursuing of clients and trying to convince them to work with you? It seems like a very competitive business. It is, and the women's is a little different. I, I don't think I could ever go into the men's side of things because I don't really think some agents sign players because they're the best option for them. Maybe they just gave them other incentives, you know? And in the women's game, we don't really have to worry about that. You know, I think players sign with us because we are a great agency. We have a great reputation. Uh, myself and, you know, my boss that has created his agency from nothing. I mean, he came from Russia with two bags and $20 in his pocket, and he really has built an empire. Now we have not just women's basketball, we have football, we represent NFL players, we represent NBA players, so he has really breached out. Now he has like 12 people working for him, and he's a good guy. I wanted to stay close to the game and not just be an agent, but be a mentor for the young generation that is trying to take the steps that I already took. Who are some of the people you guys represent? Myself, I have like Kayla McBride, Courtney Vandersloot, Allie Quigley, Ariel Powers, uh, Natalie Changwa. Uh, I mean, we have over 100 women ba basketball players, so I have 30 myself. Uh, and I started in this business five years ago. Part-time therapist? Yeah, I don't really kiss nobody's butt, you know. But I, once you have them, they, they call you for a lot of... Some uh, of them. They some, need a lot of Honestly, like, I wish they used me more like for questions that I could help them with. Not so much, Tish, my internet doesn't work. Tish, my toilet is broken. You know, like I have to fix everything. So, but, you know, this generation, like I was, I never call my agent for anything, you know, unless the except team. Except to like sign a contract. Yeah, or <laughs> the team in, in Europe, you know, was two weeks late or something like that, which mm -hmm. is very normal, unfortunately. But WNBA all-time dream team. Oh, man, how many? Five? Yep. You got to give me five, and you got to do it by position. You can't have five centers or five guards. You got to go. Okay, I'm not going to put myself in there. You have to put yourself on. I have to? Okay, yeah. so I guess I'll go with point point guard. Two guard, probably Diana Taurasi. Three guard, Tamika Catchings. Four, I'm going to go with Candace Parker. And five, oh, man. I have to go with Yolanda Griffin. She was my teammate. I, li I love Lisa Leslie. I love Lauren Jackson. But I'm going to go with my teammate, Yolanda. Okay. Yep. Appreciate you doing that. Yeah. NBA all-time dream team. Ooh, Magic. Um, I'm going to put Kobe at the two and LeBron at the three. Hold on. Yeah, I mean. Hold on. They, yeah. You, met, you forgot somebody. Who? His name, first name is Michael. Oh, shoot. It's hard. It Just is. five? Yeah. Like, yeah, Mount Rushmore. It's like you got to add some more people. You going whole Lakers backcourt? Are you going to go Magic and Michael? Are you going to go Magic and Kobe? I, see, like, let's, I love Kobe, but I didn't like Kobe. It's like weird. I respected him, but yeah. I didn't like Same him. Same here. You know? Same so, here. Okay, you're right, you're right. You know, Michael. Yeah, I'm going to go with Michael. Magic, okay. Michael, LeBron. I thought you were making a statement. Yeah, nah. I mean, it's just Kobe. He's, he was the black mom. I mean, he was sick. Yeah. But, yeah. At the four, I might go with the dream. Akeem. And then five, I'm going with Shaq. Yeah, so I think, I mean, it's, it's hard to pick five. It's so hard. It's so hard. It's so hard. It's yeah. just cool putting you on the yeah, spot. But, yeah, yeah. You, I was about to forget Michael Jordan. <laughs> forget Michael Jordan over Kobe. My brother would kill me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So, uh, true or false, you were recently asked to be on the show The Amazing Race. True. What happened? I just had another race to, to run. I was like, I can't commit to something if I, I know that I'm not going to be present. So I actually decided to de decline. Uh, my mom would have loved it. Yeah. She would have been a big fan. She would have watched. I would have been training like crazy because I don't want to enter something that I don't know that I, I'm not going to win. So What is it? There's some uh, NBA players involved? Or yeah, something? Cedric Sabalos. He's, um, in it? he's on it? He asked me because I think somebody approached him and he's like, when they asked him, it was like, oh, Tisha's going to be the best. Like, I'm going to ask her and then I'll I was like, sorry, I can't do it. So, yeah. Do you think you should be in the Basketball Hall of Fame? I don't think that's a decision for me to decide. I think I was I under accomplishing a lot of things that I, I was never able to accomplish, like with my national team. Uh, a lot of, I was never an Olympian. I never even competed in a world championship. So, as far as, like, my WNBA career, and if you look at my past, where I came from, and I, people can argue yes. Um, it's funny because this journalist last year was like, like last year, 2017 was like, this is the first year. It's been five years. It was you last year. Because yeah. isn't Tina Thompson up this yeah. year? Yeah. And, and I told him, I said, don't get your hopes up. It's not going to happen. So I think somebody has to remind somebody that has to remind somebody that I'm out there. Um, but it's not really something that I can control. Everything that I could have done it to control it, I've done that on the court. Yeah. So if it happens, great. But if it doesn't, it doesn't diminish anything that I did on the court. So I'm cool with either way. We talked about your mom's bacalao. Mm -hmm. What's your death row meal? Ooh, probably my mom's bacalao. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like, she's here now, and she cooks almost every day, and I really enjoy it. My grandmother was a chef because my grandfather had a restaurant. So, uh, and I mean, one day you'll come to Portugal, and you see how good we eat over there. So Absolutely. But, yeah, the food Can't is Can't wait. Good. Me yeah. and my boy Pono Pete are going to come over there. <laughs> Tell the listeners what, what bacalao is. Bacalhau, bacalhau. That's we, how say we say bacala yeah, in ba Italian. Yeah, bacalhau, it's in Portuguese how we say it. Um, and it's this fish that it's very salty and it's dry. And you have to um, always uh, bring it over because I don't know if I can really find it here the way that we you eat You can, it in but it's not the same. Yeah. Right. And um, and you can cook it in so many different ways. So that that's the beauty Cold of in it. a salad. Sometimes you cook it in the oven. Yeah, yeah. With, with fries, with eggs, with onions. I mean, there's Potatoes really a on the million side. ways that you can cook it, yeah. What's your drink with your meal? What are you having to drink? Usually water is my favorite drink. I drink a lot of water all day, every day. Alcoholic drink, I don't drink that much, but I would have to go with a mojito. Of course. Of course. Divine. <laughs> Best looking current NBA player? Current. That's harder than making the top five. <laughs> yeah, I actually like, I think Kevin Love is very handsome. Okay. Yeah, I think he's very, very handsome. Yeah, yeah. I think my girl thinks he's handsome too. Yeah. Yeah. He's taken though, and yeah. so is she. <laughs> <laughs> she sure is. Best looking current WNBA player? I think there's a few. Um, I think Deladon, I think Candace Parker. It's probably a better question for you, but I think that would be. I'm gonna stay my away from that one. Yeah. <laughs> so I was over in Madrid with you at a game, mm -hmm. and we saw, I believe, a 16-year-old kid play. Yep. Luka Doncic. He's about to be the number one pick, I think. I think he's gonna go second. Second. I think he's gonna. I Actually, is really. Aiton's gonna go first. Yeah, it's a little bit disappointing this year because I feel like he hit his peak so young then now he's almost like you know he's still 18 yeah but i i think people are expecting more so and now i think honestly he's settling too much for the three-point shot instead of going down there and some people are questioning his athleticism but i think he's a, a fake slow or a fake um i mean he can jump when he wants to and he can be quick when he wants to so it'll be interesting to see how he he plays here if he will come because now I think like people are like oh maybe he's not gonna come or whatever but I'm a big fan of his I just hope that he doesn't go into his head and he can stay grounded that's the the main key with his kids yeah I saw him play once and I was sold just by his uh the way he carries himself as a, as a 16 year old yeah. he's already in control and yeah. uh makes people around him better mm -hmm. what's his comp do you think like who does he compare to like what type of player in the NBA because the the listeners are going to be watching this guy for the next 20 years playing the NBA. I mean, to be as young, like, that's the thing. His body language, his competitive spirit, and the fact that he's been playing the one. Uh, and like you said, he can shoot. He's what, 6'8"? Yeah, he can shoot the three-point shot. He can. He has the mid-range, you know, jumper, and he can go all the way. Then he can also pass. He's a great rebounder. Um, so he really has the whole package. 
Um, He's playing at the highest level yeah. in Europe as a 16, 17, 18 because, year old Real uh, Madrid. Sergio Lul uh, got hurt. He's really been playing a lot of minutes and taking over. And Man, people people in the U.S. have no idea how good that guy is yeah. either. I know. The other day somebody was saying, Luca Dante is going to be the number one pick. And people were like, who is that? And I'm like, exactly. You guys don't know. But yeah. people that need to know, they know. <laughs> uh, the Rockets still own Yule, right? Yeah. I think they have yeah. his rights. He, imagine him on that team yeah. right now. <laughs> I know. Uh, I know you're more R&B than hip-hop, so give me a top five R&B artist instead of top five hip-hop. Normally I do top five hip-hop. Yeah, Beyonce, yeah. for sure. Uh, I like Usher. Um, who else? And I'm definitely like old school, like even, I don't even want to say his name, but R. Kelly, like was like one of my favorite. He's my, my favorite. favorite. Yeah, but I'm not scared. It's so tough to yeah, listen no, to Yeah, no, I'm now. like scared of saying anything because I'm like, uh, Same birthday as me too. I used to love Brian McKnight. Uh, he had all these albums. I used to love him. He didn't make the cut on my list. Yeah. No McKnight, nah. And for my last one, I'm going old school too, Joe. Yeah. Stutter. Yeah. <laughs> I love way more old school R&B than these days. Um, and the rap as well. I can't even, even listen to rap right now. Unless it's yeah, Jay-Z. Yeah, the mumble rap. Or, yeah, it's just like, yeah. what are they talking about? I mean, the beats might be nice, but then when you start dissecting what they're saying, I'm like, what? That's what he said? I'm yeah. Like, yeah, so... Yeah, I'm definitely an old school R and B type of type of situation type of person. Yeah, good stuff. It's yeah. been fun talking to you. For sure. We got to go watch some games now, though. Yeah. There's some hoops on tonight. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Let's hope that um, there's some good dunks and all of that. Yep. NBA All Star Weekend. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks for having me. No doubt. Come back. Yep. All right. We actually we'll do one from uh from Portugal sometime. I'm going to get over there. There we go. All right. That'll do it for episode four with my homie Tisha P. That was recorded right before the slam dunk and three-point contest during All-Star Weekend. And for the record, Tisha and I correctly predicted the winners of both. Two great basketball minds, in my opinion. But thank you for listening, and thanks to everybody who has been sharing this on Facebook and Instagram. I just want to give a shout-out to you guys. Committee member Frankie Fofingers and Grayson the Gorilla of the Village in the Bay. Also Mass Pike Miles, Jess Dog, Lorkin, Willie Lump Lump, and Young Al Capone down in Quintana Roo. And of course, my Booski. Next week, I'll have a special uninvited guest, so keep your ear to the street. Thanks for listening to Keeping It a Hundred.